a cartoon in 1983, a live-action feature in 2000, an animated feature in 2008. There have been a lot of attempts to take D&D into the world of movies and TV, but many have fallen far short of fan expectations. In late 2017, a new D&D movie was announced and is set for release in October of 2021. We'll discuss that and more this week on Dungeons & Tangents. There's news in the D&D world, and that news is related to a movie. Right now, more or less all I know is that the movie is slated for October 1st, 2021. And not to be vague, we're talking about a D&D movie. Yes, yes. Uh, a D&D movie. Yes. Not, not... Not a, a, in D&D news, there's going to be a movie. Well, that's true. Like, there's, like, there's going to be a D&D movie yes. in 2021. So, there have been some movies in the past. Um, not great. D&D uh, specifically branded movies. Um, ben, you said you haven't seen them? No. I haven't seen any of them okay. either. Like, so I think there's three of them. I've seen two of them. Okay. Um, I know Mark... Uh, uh, what is it? Um, I think Dave Arneson is in one of them as a wizard Gary in the background. Is in one of them. Oh, really? As a wizard in the background? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Maybe it was Dave Arneson. I want to say it was Gary. I think it got cut. I think this thing got cut. <laughs> I mean, but um, it's all the animated Dragonlance. Oh, oh God that. damn it, Ben. Why would you bring that up? Why <laughs> would you make me revisit that pain? <laughs> um. Yeah, actually, the Dragonlance one is a great is a great example too. Um, I think the I can't think of anything that was D and D branded that was done well after the cartoon. Right. I've, as I, far as media is concerned, what made us actually want to talk about this subject is the fact that the back of my laptop has a sticker of the Dungeon Master from the uh, '80s cartoon. Yep. Um, the the Dragonlance movie is fucking awful um <laughs> i remember there's a, there's a line there's a line at one point where it, he's just he says like the the wizard says everyone knows that a wizard is limited to the number of spells he can cast per day oh god, <laughs> oh god. <laughs> um mechanics make such a wonderful narrative device don't they <laughs> yeah, yeah and just and we were talking about this at one point the it, it's an animated movie but at some point they just toss in some terrible uh computer animated stuff in there and it's just what why right it, it we rewatched this like a week or two ago uh -huh. and in any other situation where you see one animation style and another animation style hand in hand you might in, at the quality that this movie is, you might think, oh, that um, they decided they don't have enough money for hand animation. They're going to go with the, the computer animation for like the rest of it or some of the cells. They're just going to, you know, it's cheaper. They're probably just cost cutting. This was a deliberate decision. And it's obvious because they coordinate the hand animated and the computer animated yeah. in, in 
multitudes to, of scenes. To be clear, we're not talking about like the movie is animated and halfway through it cuts over to like no. CGI. We're talking about there's an animated scene and part of that scene on the same scene, like the same view. The same cell. Yeah. They, they, part of it, one character or creature is animated using CGI on top of a completely like hand ink hand, pan and, ink and pan. paint. Yeah. It's just, and we, and we sat there and we were like, what was the conversation in a room somewhere where they thought this is what we're going to do or move forward? The, why they thought it was okay and, and what brought the conversation about in the first place? Well, and they clearly, it's only, well, okay. So this being a Dragonlance movie, it's all set in Kryn. And Kryn, usually the main bad guys are the the Draconians mm-hmm. or the Death Knights or whatever. But in this case, it was all Draconians. So the Draconians are all computer animated and the heroes are all uh hand animated right and the landscape is is hand Hand animated animated. so everything is hand animated except the draconians right and then periodically some other elements just because the animators i don't know maybe specifically so that you would dislike the draconians well it worked (laughs) (laughs) yeah I guess you could say that. Um, I mean, was it just that CGI was real popular at the time, and they're like, "We gotta put this somewhere." I don't think it was. I don't think this is that old of a movie, to be honest. And the the, the heartbreaking thing is, if they had gone full CGI, it, I would have been fine with that, right? If they had um, gone full animated, obviously, I would have been more fine with mm-hmm. that. But the animation, I thought, was good. I enjoyed it. It was very true to the art style you got on the book on the cover of the old. Uh, books. I think it's Larry Elmore was the artist. Like it look, it had a real feel to that. I, I don't understand what they did, where they were like, "Oh well, this is the answer to this problem." Well, yeah, bizarrely, this is two thousand eight. Yeah, and this is fairly recent. That's rather recent. They could have yeah. done it all hand animated. They could have done it all computer animated. And I, I mean, it's not like they, like, well, we ran out of money, right? Clearly not. I don't understand how they could have animated. One in a in a fight scene. We're talking about a fight scene. This is yeah. what Eric was talking about earlier, where it's created a fight scene, and people are hitting each other. But one of them is hand drawn, and one of them is CG. So, like, I'm assuming they did that all at the same time. They had the same money when that happened, right? Why did they do that? It's like it's like if they. It would be like making Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but. Instead of having cartoons, you're drawing half the characters like humans in the same, like trying to, to mimic humans, uh-huh. but you just happen to animate them. I mean, it's that kind of level of effort that they had to put into it. The, the, we're coordinating two completely different mediums. It's yeah. like halfway through Roger Rabbit, like the humans were claymation, but only for four scenes. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's not, there's, it's not. Uh, there's not a lack of continuity. It's not like suddenly halfway through the movie, the medium that is used to animate things changes. It's the medium for some characters right. is one, and the medium for others and, is another. And you get well, and, but it's also not. You get like almost halfway through that movie before you, it happens. Well, because happens, draconians don't show up until right, late. It happens during the intro. Like, okay, with the credit scene. Where, okay, where you're not like in the movie yet, like mm-hmm. the. Like the, what is it? The lion for whichever studio that is, right? Yeah. Um, so that doesn't really count. No, no. And you don't, like, it doesn't, it's not a red flag until you realize it's the exact same fucking animation techniques they use. 
spliced, like not even spliced, like overlaid somehow on the traditional animation. It's it's so offensive to me on every level. <laughs> And it's not even the movie I was going to talk about when we started this episode. But I'm sorry. No, it's okay, Ben. It's a good. It's a good topic. I didn't have really shit to say about the other one, but I obviously have opinions on this one. Like, yeah. I grew up on those books. I love those books. And it's like they took one movie. Like every decision they made was shit regarding this. Do they pick a bad plot? I don't. I don't. No, they pick the plot in the books. But it's like okay. the, the plot is not a book. The plot is three books. Right. Oh. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to make a movie off of the first book, which means it's not even really going to have an ending, right? Oh. It's obvious they didn't have the money or the ambition or the fucking competence to make the well, following the, stories if they wanted to. So they right. knew this was going to be the end. Like They maybe knew they, it ended uh, with this Maybe one. the first one was did so well with the CGI draconians that uh, they were going to be able to fund the other two. You know what? That's plausible because the same person who thought that was a good choice might believe that that was a possibility. <laughs> No, I I think there's got to be an issue of uh, self-awareness. What do you mean? I think they lacked the self-awareness to know okay. that they should have picked a uh, self-contained plot. They should have picked uh, an animation style and stuck with it. And they should have figured out what the fuck they were going to do before they started doing it. They should have, and, and I'm sure that people woefully disagree with me, even if it's like a, a knee-jerk reaction, they should have treated it like, uh, they should have Peter Jackson the fuck out of it, whereas they should have been like, we're making one movie, it's one story, we may cut it up into three and release oh, it as okay. three, because that's the way the books are structured, yeah. but we're not going to budget it, uh, produce it and all of it as one and then maybe follow up with the other two. They should have done it as one thing and then just spliced it up and, and, and pieced it out, right? That would work. So you have that continuity of animation quality and all that. They couldn't even have continuous quality throughout one fucking movie. <laughs> they were never going to make three, right? What's impressive, though, is the hand animation is really well done. It's really good. You would have gotten halfway through the second one and there would have been like, all of a sudden, there's just a fucking stick figure walks through. <laughs> and like, on top of beautiful hand-painted fucking Larry Elmore artwork, this is fucking stick figure. Like, um, I don't know who made the choice to hand that property over to the the people that handled that but and I'm probably making a complete jerk of myself like for all I know like Christopher Perkins was involved who's one of my heroes and, and, and I'm and he's pissed at me he's gonna hunt me down now but like at least oh, you'll get to meet him oh yeah that, that's true that would be awesome but like <laughs> god damn that's like I saw that and I was actually excited when I got it I think I actually rented this somewhere I rented it or I bought it on demand or something like I, I'm Did pretty sure I paid money for then? this and got it and then and then like all 30 seconds later like my whole worldview changed <laughs> I was so betrayed you mean about 30 minutes later when you saw the yeah like you know when I got it home I, and I, I started watching it and, and like all of a sudden like it just what happened? What? Who did this? Why would they do this to me? Like, I took it very personally. Not that you can tell now, because I'm no. so calm and collected about the yeah. whole thing, but like, what the fuck? Well, let's talk about a different animated <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> material. Because, well, I, I've read about the movies, but I've only really seen that Dragonlance thing and the, the cartoon from the 80s. And I, actually, I rewatched the entire cartoon from the 80s uh, over the summer. Uh, I was sick. 
So I was like, oh, you can get the DVDs on Amazon now. I've got those and I've watched them. I love them. Yeah, the the cartoon's great. It doesn't have a whole lot to do with D&D, but it's great. Right. (laughs) Well, that's... So everything that I've read is that every property, every movie or TV property that they, they try out seems to just flop horribly. And I haven't seen them enough to know what the common flaw is. Well, well, the, for the Dragonlance one, it was just shit. <laughs> um, it was just so bad, and, and, and it's, it's tragically bad in that, like you said, with the with the artwork being so good, like it had in my mind had serious potential. Like, yeah. I got I got halfway through, it was like, okay, I'm not sure I dig some of these voices, but like, or some of these lines, right, that you were talking about, Ben. <laughs> but like, I I love I love the art style from second edition with mm. some of like the, the Elmore stuff. And, and I'm a big fan of the third edition and the fifth edition, the way things have, have evolved, but like just the sense of adventure that the second edition art would instill, hmm. you know, which isn't like a high bar when you go from what was just a one grade better than stick figures from that first edition artwork. <laughs> right. And like the PhD. Yeah. Um, but second edition when they, they, they got, you know, Elmore, um, it's so many names I'm just are escaping right now. Just, I think that, that was like the pinnacle of that of that time. Of, I would look at those and there would be uh, like my my brain would just explode with possibilities for playing D anD. d Like Ben, you saw I had some wallpaper at my at my place on my my Fire TV. Yes. It was all like that second edition. Like my Fire TV goes idle and all of a sudden it starts bringing up the second edition artwork. It was good artwork. It was yeah like. Um, from Forgotten Realms, from Dragonlands, from Ravenloft, from um, you know even some of just the the non world specific stuff. I love that artwork, and I saw that in the Dragonlands movie, and I was I was so ready to love this experience, and that's why I think I took it so personally. It's like it just that was unnecessary what they did to that movie. But for the <laughs> other movies, like the one that came out, the the live action ones, the fir- the first two that I'm aware of anyway. Um, the 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 biggest problem with those is it, it never felt like an adventure. Oh, I could take one of those Elmore paintings, right, and get more and be more inspired for a D and D session than the entire D and D movie. Here's I actually, since you were stumbling over art, <clears throat> artist names, I found the list that you made. Oh yeah, David Sutherland, uh, Clyde Caldwell. If I'm remembering correctly did no i i'm thinking clyde Cowell and david Sutherland did some amazing stuff in that first ravenloft module um larry Elmore, jeff easley uh hildebrand brothers god oh, parkinson yeah robin wood did some very cool covers of dragon magazine hmm. um just the style of art back then was was phenomenal <laughs> And it's, it might be one of those things where, you know, I'm looking back on it because I grew up with it. I prefer it, but um, it felt like somebody just poured their being into this uh, piece of art that they were creating and, and not something where it, it felt formulaic or yeah. fucking computer generated like <laughs> uh, like that movie. Um, but there there have been other movies that have come out that, you know, not created by exactly that have been good wait yeah. what like non there are there have been D movies that weren't a D movie yeah. but let's face it like what dragon some fuckers played some D as a kid that made that movie oh. right yeah well um, i mean well like all of adventure time 
Well, I mean, like, Adventure Time, like, uh, Stranger Things has D&D in it. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a few movies that came out not too long ago that were, they were more LARPing, but it was essentially D&D, like, in role models, like that, that, did I watch that one? That comedy with Paul Rudd in it. Oh, right. um, Where they dressed up like kiss and went to the larping session and then there was like knights of badassdom yep that had peter dinklage in it uh that was about larping i've um, seen a number of documentaries and, that are great and there's the lord of the rings movies you know well, like true. love them or hate them or whatever like i'm not gonna say that they're you know the the you know the chicken and egg of like you know they're D movies well D's you know lord of the rings the shit that makes you love D and D is the shit that goes into those kinds of movies, like the adventure, the imagination, and all of that. Um, and, and you might not like the Lord of the Rings movies, but there are points in those movies. Like for me, I love uh, the Fellowship of the Ring. I can, oh yeah, I'm not too big into the Return of the King or the Two Towers, but the Fellowship of the Ring in the beginning because it's everything's green and there's forest and it's just like there's it's all so much opportunity it's not like and desolate they, yet you and know they meet in a tavern and they, and they meet in a fucking tavern it's, like, <laughs> it's, like, it's all there right um but and they meet in a tavern in that's a great point they meet in a tavern that fucking first D movie the live action one. Oh, really and, and i and, but when i sit there like there's no sense of wonderment to me there's just like okay all right i could have I could have just sat at a coffee shop and just penciled this plot out on a napkin and, <laughs> and just rolled some dice and plugged in names, plugged in a uh, plot device. I, I could have, and I, I, don't, I don't know that this isn't how they came up with the script. <laughs> I could have gone to the third edition Dungeon Master's Guide, rolled on the magic item table and said, okay, well, this is the thing that everybody's after that's that's you know <laughs> controlling the plot points. Because... They were trying so it felt like it was such a marketing commercial for Dean at the time that was one of those things like what you said with the Dragon Lantern, well everybody knows that a wizard is you know <laughs> all the stuff they specifically yeah. called out by name magic items from the the DMG, you know, and it was just at that point it feels like, you know what? I don't want it to be so on the nose that you're hitting me over the head with it. Yeah, I yeah. get it, it's D and D, all right? Make me wanna go out and play D and D. Yeah. The point, if that movie, if you go, if, let's say, go, I don't know if it went to theaters or not. Uh, it probably never will again after what they did, but let's say it went to theaters and you go with your friends and you go and you play that. There's one absolute minimum criteria for success of that. It's not how much money you made or whatever. Although I'm sure a studio executive would say that that's exactly what the success criteria is. What the success criteria is. If you walk out of that movie and you don't want to immediately fucking get some dice, sit down and play some D and D. It failed, right? Like that's well. Then that's why what make it a, why make a D and D movie that's set in the D and D setting? Why not make a Stranger Things style thing where you've got people who are just being people and happen to be playing D and D, and maybe that's a part of the plot. Well, that, like, that's exactly like so. Stranger Things, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to get some fucking dice and play some D and D. Absolutely, and it wasn't even set in a D. So if they can do it with this, like peripherally touching on D and D, and you can't do it set in D and D, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> this is your. This is supposed to be your wheelhouse. This is supposed to be what you do, and you can't get me to get out of my chair and go grab a PHB and dice and play D and D. Well. You had two hours of my time. What'd you do with it? You know, maybe that's the the inherent problem here is that is not what the people who are making these movies do. Oh, I would agree completely. The, and I'm sorry. Go ahead. I I, I don't know. I'm 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 just speculating here because I don't know 
anything about the production crews for any of the D&D movies. But I would wager that most of those production crews had never worked on fantasy before. It wasn't their wheelhouse. They didn't know the material of D&D. They didn't know anything more than flipping through the player's handbook and the Dungeon Master Guide for like two or three weeks and then being like, oh, okay, I think we got this. Um, I don't think we need any consultants. We're good. And then making a movie and just throwing catchphrases in and being like, fireball, magic missile, this will be great. I understood that reference. Yeah. (laughs) But somebody in their fucking basement can make an actual play Twitch stream. Right. And I can watch for 20 minutes and be like, oh man, I gotta play some fucking (laughs) D&D. So somebody with zero budget and, you know, a GoPro (laughs) just outdid you at your job. Like... it's it's to me it's baffling, but you're you're right. Making me want to play D and D wasn't their job. Making a no. movie that made money right. was their job. Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure they failed at that too. But that's not the point. Right. So, so you know, high hopes for the new one in 2021. <laughs> um, supposedly, but, and I don't. Oh crap! I don't have my notes in front of me about this. But supposedly, there was supposed to be a D and D movie in. 1984, 82, oh. something like that. Gary Gygax went to Hollywood in the early 80s with a script. And I can't remember if he wrote the script or somebody else wrote the script. But uh, he was pitching it in the early 80s to Hollywood executives. And instead of getting the movie made, they ended up with the cartoon. Do you think maybe that they made it and it's sitting somewhere like that uh, 80s Fantastic Four movie where they made oh, it and God. didn't release it? <laughs> And then it came out like on YouTube and shit, and it's amazing. It's how bad it is. Like, it could be just sitting there gathering dust, right? And no, and you know, four people know it exists. What I read was that the script is is around. You can find yeah. the, the the original script that whoever wrote. Crap, where's my where's my notes on it? Talk amongst yourselves while I look for my notes. There's, there's, there's a script in a vault, right? And it takes three keys to open, and they have to be opened all at once, turned simultaneously. One of them is around Christopher Perkins neck. One of them is you know buried with Gary Gygax, um, and one of them is on the space station. And we'll we'll never find Sounds out like a what good that campaign. is. Campaign. There you go. Yeah. Uh, here it is. Okay, so there Hasbro make that movie. Okay, about D and D about recovering a script. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the old school D&D fans will remember further back in the early 80s when the game's publishers touted plans to release a D&D movie. It, wait, James Goldman, who wrote the 1968 movie The Lion in Winter, wrote the screenplay for the D&D film. Uh, let's see here. Da, 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 da. Uh, plans for the new D&D movie... Uh, Make this a perfect time to dust off. Oh, right. So they're they're talking about this was <laughs> this was news from 2015 from the uh, website uh, the Escapist magazine, which I love the Escapist because they have uh, Yahtzee, the uh, zero punctuation guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, um, so they were talking about there were plans for a 2016 D and D movie, and that flopped, or I don't know what happened, but it it got shit canned um so this was 1982 and written by whoever james goldman was the name sounds familiar well, think about the landscape of the 80s right as far as a D movie is concerned i think before too conan the barbarian 
Oh, yeah. Red Sonja. Uh, Lady Hawk. Right? Willow. Like, there's some good Beastmaster. shit. Beastmaster. Beastmaster, <laughs> right? Uh, Crawl. Even the ones that were terrible were, were great. Um, I... I I remember Beastmaster used to come out. I think it was like oh, it was on TBS like once a week or something like that when I was a kid, and yeah. I'd watch it all the time because this was actually right at the same time that Mazes and Monsters was on TV as well. <laughs> Again, we come back to that. Uh, yeah. So anybody who doesn't know, Mazes and Monsters was Tom Hanks's greatest work. Yes. Yeah. It 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 was a cautionary tale about a young boy. It's actually a true story. A uh, young boy, James Dallas Egbert III, who went missing, and everybody pinned it on him playing D&D. And uh, supposedly he went missing because he was playing D&D, and his character died, and he had to go commit suicide. Some bullshit like that. Anyway, that's how the, the story twisted it. The reality was this, the guy was depressed, and having a depressive episode, he disappeared, and reappeared later, and then, like, two years later committed suicide, unfortunately. But Mazes and Monsters was written about that, and then was made into a made-for-TV movie, and Tom Hanks was in it, and it's absolutely horrible and ridiculous. And, at the same time, Gary Gygax was trying to get a movie made. So, and I've so seen it twice. Tom, Tom oh, Hanks. you have? <laughs> yeah. Tom, Tom Hanks is, like, single-handedly set DMD back, like, 20 years. God. That's all I heard right there. <laughs> um, Tom Hanks was a part of setting D&D back 20 years, yes. Uh, I, I feel pretty comfortable just generalizing the whole thing into one irresponsible <laughs> statement. Look, Robert, <laughs> box is like a, like a lot. Life is like a box of chocolate, all right? You never know what you're going to get. Sometimes you're going to get a good D&D movie. Sometimes you're going to get a terrible D&D movie starring Tom young Tom Hanks that's god-awful and is so bad that movie theaters have screenings specifically for you to heckle that movie. <laughs> um, That's why you've seen it twice, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Activision. I think we might be done. I think we might be done as well. That, that long pause tells us that <laughs> we are done with this episode. We've talked about all of the media of D&D. Well, Thank we're probably for, messing a bunch of it. For putting up with my opinions. Uh, about stuff. There are lots of <laughs> hand movements, angry hand movements. <laughs> I, I have no business being ups, as upset as I am about that, <laughs> all, all of that. But you need some milk after this. But now I it's going to be on the internet, and that's yeah. where that anger belongs. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where anger goes to flourish and become right. more powerful. Thank yeah. you, everyone. Thank you. Thanks. Our next discussion topic is still up in the air. As always, if you have comments or suggestions, reach out to us on Twitter at Dungeon underscore Tangent, or go to our website, DungeonsAndTangents.net. That's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us.